You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. So today, guys, I wanted to talk to you guys about um, what I would call the irreducible minimums or we could say essential ingredients of what make up the church of Jesus. This is really the beginning of something we're going to go through for uh, the summer as preachers. And I wanted to start off by reading a really well-known verse where Jesus kind of talks about his plans for the church. And I realized that I left my New Living Translation that I wanted to read from under my seat because it's on my phone. The Bible I've got up here is not the translation you'll be looking at on the screen. So, Telsey, please, thank you. So, we're going to read from Matthew 16. Elijah, you can put that up on the screen. And this is Matthew 16 in the New Living Translation. Here's what Jesus says. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Are you guys looking at that up there with us? Yeah? All right. Follow along. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Elijah, you can leave that last verse up on the screen for right now. I just want to ask you guys a question after we've read this, and the key words are up on the screen for you. What... Does this statement from Jesus tell us about the church? What does it tell us about the church? I want you to actually, if you're with somebody here today, tell them. What does this tell you about the church? We're just going to take a minute. I want you to to see it, to think about it. What does it have to say to you about the church? And share it with somebody who you're with. And if you're here by yourself, you can turn to somebody who's close to you. Uh, If you're home all by yourself watching, sorry, you you don't have anybody to share with, but you can comment. Uh, But what does this tell you about the church? Go ahead, guys. This is an interactive moment. Does it, does it tell you that the church, you see Jesus' intention for the church to have an amazing kids program? Does it show you Jesus' intention for us to have an epic sound system and live streaming? Or, or, or a profound social media presence? Or really solid budget? What, what are some of the things? 
I mean, we like those things. We do like sound systems and live streaming. Those aren't bad things. But, but what are some of the things that were sticking out to you guys? Can I hear anybody shout out in the room? I'm so happy that we can do this right now. It's been months of like, what do you see? And we can't actually. Charlotte, you had something? Oh, I thought you were shouting something. All right, all right. Anybody got something? What do you see? We are the church. That's good. What else does this verse show us, say to us about the church? Jesus is the one building the church. We're built on him, the revelation of who he is. That's right. Anything else? Hey? The rock, built on the rock, the rock of Jesus. Yes. It's unconquerable. That's right. You know, there is this sense, right, that we see in this that the church is on the offensive, right? That, that all the powers of hell won't prevail against it. And what I would just say to you is that all those other things I said about programs and sound systems and budgets and all that, those aren't bad things, but the church has got to be more than that, right? Or may, maybe, maybe the church, we could say this way, is actually less than that. And that's what I'd like to focus on today. There's, there's this sense that um, there are these, what I said at the beginning, these irreducible minimums that make up the church, or another way to say it, essential ingredients that make up the church. And, and somebody in our preacher's group said this. It was Stacy Taves said this when we had a meeting on Thursday, and it's just been going through my head, and I want to share it with you. But anybody in here ever have balsamic reduction sauce on your food? Have you ever had that? I, I hear some mmms going off in the room when I ask about it, right? And what is a reduction sauce? It, it's, it's, it's when you, you reduce by boiling or heating or some processes actually freeze, and what you're doing is you're actually getting the water out of whatever the thing might be, whether it's balsamic vinegar or whether it's the amazing drippings from your pork carnitas or whether it's your roast beef or whatever it might be, you heat that thing up to evaporate the water and what you're left with is you're left with those key ingredients that make up the flavor that you're really enjoying. It concentrates the flavor. It reduces it down to the essential ingredients. And as a result, you have a more potent flavor. So what happens when we reduce church down to its core essential ingredients? It's irreducible minimums. I believe more potent, you get stronger Jesus flavor. You get a stronger Jesus flavor when you boil it down to its essential ingredients. So when we think about the essential ingredients that make up the church, you know, what are they? What are the things that make up the church? And I love what I've heard these guys down in Florida who I've been tracking with since February say. It's a church down there called The Underground. And they sum it up in these three things. And maybe you've heard me say this already in weeks past, but worship, community, and mission. Worship, community, and mission. Those three things are the essential ingredients that make up the church. And when we say things like irreducible minimum, what I'm talking about is that you can't be a church and be less than that. These are the basic things. It might be more than, and that's okay, but it can't be less than that. 
So what do I mean? I mean, think of this. You got worship and you got mission. It's not quite the church yet. You got mission and you've got community. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it's still maybe not the church. You've got community and you've got worship. I think that's a good uh, expression of a lot of gatherings of believers out there. But those two things by themselves still not the church. It's where the three come together and coalesce together, work together, that we have an expression of the church. I love this definition by one of the guys from Florida that I mentioned. His name is Brian Sanders, and he says this. Elijah, you can put this up on the screen. He says, when Christians work together in sincere worship and genuine community to accomplish a part of the mission of God, they function as the church. I'll read it one more time. When Christians work together in sincere worship and genuine community to accomplish a part of the mission of God, they function as the church. Now, one of the things I want to point out today is one of the key factors to this is participation, not just observation, not just observing a group of people do that, but participating as a member of a group of people doing these things together. And my primary point I want to get across right now that I'm trying to just say is church is really simple. Sometimes we get these elaborate, complex ideas of what it is, but it's actually really simple. A group of people worshiping together, in community together, seeking to accomplish a part of God's mission in the world. And if these are the essential ingredients of a church, what makes a healthy, successful church? You know, right now, in our day and age, there's actually statistics saying that there's denominations of the church throughout the world that are shrinking, that are decreasing in size. And I would ask the question, is Jesus failing at building his church? I'm seeing some heads shaking no. I'm hearing some no's. I'm glad. Yay, life tree. You know, <laughs> Jesus is not failing at building his church. I do not believe that we see these shrinking denominations because Jesus is failing at building his church. I do believe that maybe some old systems and structures are now becoming obsolete. But Jesus' church is not dying. It's starting to look different. It's under renovation. Or to stick with the metaphor we started with, maybe it's in a reduction process where it's reducing down to the key essential ingredients. And it's becoming, like Vinge said, more what? Potent. More potent, more effective, more powerful, more Jesus-flavored. I really believe that that's what we're in, the season that we're experiencing. And there's been a lot of talk, right, over this last year about the church being closed. The church hasn't been closed. If we need to say it again, the church has not been closed. The church is being refined and strengthened into what Jesus intends for it to be. And the issue, I think, sometimes is we often wrongly define success and healthy church. In other words, we have a wrong vision in our mind of what a healthy, successful church would look like. And we, we picture maybe these mega churches. Nothing, I'm not saying anything wrong with mega church. There's mega churches out there being highly effective at what they do. But we kind of look at, let's just, I'm just going to say it. I love Hillsong, love Hillsong music. But you take this huge global church with this global brand and you think, that's what successful church really looks like. Anybody ever kind of 
got that vision in their mind of what it's supposed to look like. But in actuality, that might not be what healthy, successful church looks like. Big isn't necessarily healthy, but I'd also say small is not necessarily healthy. The size is not the issue. It's having these key ingredients working together, worship, community, and mission. And and a healthy church, I would say this. Let's define healthy church as more Jesus-flavored. It tastes like Jesus. It's a group of people looking and acting like Jesus. When you look at it, you're reminded of Jesus. You're like, that's what Jesus looks like. The group of people looking and acting like Jesus. That is a strong, healthy church. Simply put. So what I'd want to say to you, if we think back to that definition we read just a couple minutes ago, is that if you are participating in a group that is in sincere worship to Jesus and genuine community, To accomplish part of the mission of God, you are a member of a church. If you're participating in that, you are a member of a church. Now, I would say this, even this. If you are leading a group that is in sincere worship of Jesus, genuine community, to accomplish part of the mission of God, you are leading a church. You are a church leader if you are leading a group like that. If you start a group that is about worship, community, and mission, you are planting a church. This room is full of potential or already existing church leaders and church planters. Sometimes we think that it's like you got to be up here on the stage preaching over the microphone or part of the board or whatever it might be that you define as church leadership. But the reality is, is that if you are leading a group that is about worshiping Jesus, genuine community, and the mission of God, you're leading a church. I, I say this because, guys, I so long for us as a community to realize the power and the potential resident within each one of you to be a part of God's mission and the increase of his kingdom on the earth. And when we boil it down into its most simple terms, I think it really helps us grasp it, get hold of it, think about it, understand it, and engage with it. And sometimes we get wrapped up in thinking, well, what I'm doing is so small and insignificant. And so maybe it doesn't matter. And I just want to say no to that kind of thinking here. Well-known verse, Zechariah 4, verse 10 says, Do not despise the day of small beginnings. And this word that God speaks to his people through the prophet Zechariah saying, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do you know the context it was spoken into? It was when they were rebuilding the temple. After the people of Israel had been exiled and they had been enslaved in another nation and they had returned to their homeland and the temple had been destroyed and they're rebuilding this temple and they're at this stage where just the foundation has been laid and the prophet says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And there is this word from God to us to not despise the small. Recognize that something you may be a part of is actually hugely significant. 
Another couple of verses that have been rolling through my mind as I have been thinking about this this week is in Luke 13. And Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, what should I compare my kingdom to? He says, my kingdom is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of garden seeds. And when it's planted, it grows into a large tree. Or he says, my kingdom is like leaven, like yeast, a little bit of yeast that gets put into this huge pile of dough, 60 pounds of dough. And that little bit of yeast and leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, that little tiny thing works its way through this large lump of dough. And now Jesus is speaking to these disciples who what they're looking for and what they're hoping for in his kingdom is they're hoping for political revolution. They're hoping for Jesus to come and overthrow the Roman government and set up a new uh, Jewish kingdom on the earth. And Jesus is saying, let me tell you what my kingdom is like. It's like a mustard seed. It's like a little bit of yeast. It's very different than what they expected. And do you know that smaller expressions of the church historically have actually been the most common expressions of the church? Smaller expressions have historically been the more common expressions of the church. The church of Jesus Christ started in homes. Major reformations that have led to the church getting healthier and back on track have smarted with small groups of people. Revivals that have touched regions have started usually with small groups of people hungry for God, praying together. And it's these small groups of people in worship, community, mission together that have often been used by God for the increase of his kingdom on the earth. And I think sometimes we get wrapped up in our head that it's supposed to look like something else, something bigger, something more extravagant maybe. And we despise the small. But many times the small is actually the more potent, the more effective expression. I want you to think about what are some of the most Jesus-flavored experiences of church in your life? I don't know where everyone in this room is at in their journey and your experience with church. Maybe this is your first time attending or your first time tuning in online. I don't know. But there's some of you maybe had a, a few experiences of church. What have been some of the most Jesus-flavored experiences? Have they always been in a, in a huge gathering? I've had some in a huge gathering, don't get me wrong. I love filling this room up. I look forward to the near future when we get to put all the chairs out, fill this place up, and sing our hearts out to Jesus. There's something about being part of something bigger than yourself that is so healthy and knowing that you're part of something bigger than yourself. But that's not the only healthy, good, Jesus-flavored expression of church. There's a lot of these smaller things that we experience or that you're a part of that are actually potent, powerful expressions of the church. Yesterday, Telsey mentioned it, we had Serve Saturday. 
beach cleaning team expressing God's care for creation. Food meal prep team feeding those in need. A moving team that I happen to be a part of on a really hot day uh, <laughs> expressing the kindness of God to a single mom who was just so blessed by the end of the day. She couldn't say enough how blessed she was that we had come and helped her. She didn't know how she was going to make it work and happen for this move that came on really fast and unexpected for her. And it was just great to be a part of. Those are expressions of the church in the earth. There are groups that have formed this year in Life Tree through COVID season that have been potent, powerful expressions of the church. And some of those groups are still gathering. There's groups that have come together and they're really focusing on strengthening their marriages. There's groups that meet on Zoom still every week. There's, there's Gary Letcher in the back, me and Gary, still praying together in the mornings twice a week that started at the beginning of the pandemic. There's a group I know this morning at the Firsts house together watching this because they love that group they've become a part of to be together. My point is, is that this reduction process, this renovation we've been under is actually resulting in some potent Jesus-flavored community expression, church expressions. And it's so important for us not to despise the small. I want us to actually realize what I'm hoping we can realize as we look at these irreducible minimums, minimums these essential ingredients is that sometimes those smaller expressions are actually the more potent, more effective thing. And we can feel like it's small and insignificant, but the seed of the kingdom, the yeast of the kingdom in your life is powerful. You know, I find myself thinking about Navy SEALs as, we've been, as I've been thinking about this. You realize when Navy SEALs go in on a mission, do they usually go in with like 300 people? No, it's a small team tasked with a specific purpose and a specific mission. My point is, is that some of the most effective military operations are these tiny, tiny groups of people. And there's things that you can accomplish in that smaller expression that you can't in the large. And there's things in the larger expression that you can't in the small. But there's something about this, this network, this family of micro churches all throughout the city engaging with the darkness, making an impact and expressing the kingdom of God, and then coming together and celebrating Jesus and the stories together in a larger expression. But you know, sometimes when we get in this trap of thinking it's got to be big, it's got to be this large thing. I actually think at times it's more about our ego than it is about effectiveness. We want to be seen by people as successful. We want to be seen by people as, as really powerful and influential, etc., etc., etc. And there's nothing wrong with being strong. There's nothing wrong with being large. There's nothing wrong with being influential, any of that. But I do think sometimes our, our thoughts about the size it needs to be are more about our ego than about the effectiveness of being the church of Jesus in the world, expressing the kingdom. 
So when we get wrapped up in that kind of thinking, I call you, I exhort you, I remind you to, to think of Jesus. Think of the ways of the King of the universe, the Lord of lords, the ruler of heaven and earth, who came to earth not as some supernatural, you know, um, massive, like, other being force. He came as a human. He clothed himself in humanity, in the person of Jesus. He came as a baby, born not into a palace, not even into a fancy hotel, born in a stable, in a feeding trough. He came not as a powerful ruler, but as a servant. His primary following was not entire nations. It was a group of 12 people and a larger group of those with interest and onlookers and following in maybe not as close ways, but a small group of people. His leaders, or his group of people, I mean, that he was teaching and mentoring were not the cream of the crop, political leaders or top students from schools. They were, they were fishermen. They were hated tax collectors. They were not the top of society. And then how does he carry on his mission and win it? He dies on a cross. He goes to a disgraceful death of a criminal to, to finish off his ministry. And he raises from the dead, okay? So I know all that part too. He raises from the dead. He ascends to heaven. But the, my point is the path to the throne of heaven was a low path, was a seemingly small and insignificant path. And there's things that God has called you to do and maybe that you already have your hand to that are expressions of his church. And maybe he's calling you to call others to, to join you in it. But my big thing I want you guys to catch this morning is just these simple ingredients that make up the expression of the church that is Jesus-flavored and going to touch the world. Worship, community, and mission. These simple things together. And we have such a heart as a church family here at Lifetree to see more and more ministries and, if you will, even say churches. We're using the term microchurch, it seems, these days, but they're churches being expressed throughout our city. And it's as you hear Jesus speaking to you, his dreams and his ideas of what the church is to look like, and responding to that call, that we will see more church leaders raised up, more church plants happening, more expression of Jesus-flavored church communities throughout the city. So if you have ideas, if you have thoughts, man, we want to hear about them. We want to support them. We want to celebrate them. We want to figure out how to come around them and, and see them become reality. Or maybe you're already in the midst of something. There's different groups thinking, that I'm thinking of right now in our church that I know are happening and are, and are having an impact. It's just supporting those as best we can. But as we go through the summer, we want to talk about these things, these irreducible minimums, worship, community, and mission. We want to demystify those terms 
and make them simple and help us understand, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what community looks like. Mission, worship, here's what it looks like. And so throughout the summer, you're going to hear us talking about those things, but it's all with this hope and this desire that we as Life Tree Church family would grow in more potent, Jesus-flavored expressions of church birthing out of this place and touching our city. And if you're not a part of a group like that, or if you're watching and you're not connected to a church, I encourage you, get connected to a community of Jesus worshipers on mission about God's business in the world because it's the healthiest place for you to become all that he's called you to be. Being a part of a group of people who are, who are going after becoming, looking and acting more like Jesus is the best thing you could sign up for, be a part of in this life. It's like Telsey was saying, her and her friends were talking about this weekend. Life without Jesus, they just like, what, what would that even look like? And having people that you can share that conversation with and share that pursuit with is the place to be. So we invite you. It's, it doesn't have to be here at Life Tree, but it's somewhere where you connect to people who are going after Jesus. And if that is you and you want to get connected, just comment or email office at lifetree.ca. And I know there's some new faces in here today that I've never met before. If you have questions, feel free to come up and ask as we wrap up here. What I'd like to do as we close, I just want to invite you guys, stand up if you want to. Uh, agree with me that we would become a more Jesus-flavored expression of the church here in the city. So, Father, we thank you for the simplicity of your kingdom. Lord, I ask that you would help us turn from the ways that we complicate it, the ways we get our ego mixed in with it. And Lord, your spirit would speak to us and show us those expressions of church that you've called us to participate in, maybe even start or lead. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to continue to refine and reduce for the purpose of effectiveness our vision of what it is to be your people in the earth. In this day, in this hour, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.